0: Welcome to LifeBeat. I'm your host, Chris Gast, Right to Life of Michigan's director of communication and education. Joining us today on our perfectly functioning microphone is Emily Kroll, our education events coordinator. Welcome back, Emily.
1: The saga of the microphone continues.
0: It's been a couple weeks. We replaced you with Genevieve.
1: And she didn't have issues with it, did she? It might be just me. No,
0: it was my laptop. See, well, it's it's all... The laptop worked better than the desktop. Well, there it's you go. It's a miracle. Go. Usually it's the other way around. Anyway, important things to talk about this week. We're going to talk about uh, fetal pole cardiac activity later. We're going to talk about vaccines, everyone's favorite bugaboo. Uh, first, let's talk about... Um, Probably the biggest Supreme Court case in thirty years, Emily Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. I think. Yes. Jackson Women's Health. Yeah. Dobbs versus Jackson.
1: Let's do it that way. It's easier. Dobbs versus
0: Jackson. Okay. Um, So this is a case out of Mississippi involving their relatively new abortion ban. Mississippi uh, decided to pass a law banning abortions after fifteen weeks of pregnancy it does sadly have a, uh, exception for disability, which I think it's important to point out. We don't do that in Michigan. And I think that's interesting, Emily, because Mississippi is kind of held out as the most conservative state in the union. So why do they need to have exceptions? If presumably now since conservative people tend to be more pro-life, why would the state with the most pro-lifers theoretically, have an exception.
1: It is a good question.
0: Because we don't in Michigan. And we are a sort of your classic battleground, knock them down, drag them out, bitterly divided state. Um, But anyway, Mississippi's law has worked its way through the court system. It was sitting on the Supreme Court's docket for a decision whether to take it up or not for a long time. I want to say a year. Yeah. Months. A very long time. And people were kind of wondering why. Why is it just sitting there? Why aren't they getting rid of it? Why are they still considering it? And then, to our surprise, on Monday, in the middle of a meeting, <laughs> uh, we found out that Supreme Court is taking up the case. So it'll be Dobbs versus Jackson, Women's Health, deciding the fate of Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban. And Emily, the Supreme Court indicated... The main question that they're going to resolve is can you ban abortion before viability, which for basically for Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, it's the whole enchilada is on the line. Yeah. And by this time next year, Roe versus Wade could be overturned.
1: It's a slim chance, but it's it's the Best chance we've had since 1992.
0: So you think it's slim? I don't know. It's hard. See, it's weird to me that
1: they took it up. They took
0: it up because I would. So let's. You know, most speculation has been that there's a conservative Supreme Court majority now and they're going to uh, chip away at Roe versus Wade. And you would think, Emily, that the most natural case to do that with would be a dismemberment ban. Because you're extending the logic of the pro-abortion or the partial birth abortion ban, um, or like a, a disability, like our target abortion ban, True. which is basing, um, which is banning it based on a you know taking a protected class rather than a broad ban, which we th- we thought would be the next case because we have a circuit court split now between mm-hmm. the fifth and sixth circuit court. So it's really interesting, and really interesting is that just happened, right? And the Supreme Court knows that there's that split, yet they decided to, now's the time to pull the trigger on taking up the Mississippi case.
1: It's curious. The cynic in me, who's been burned by the Supreme (laughs) Court my entire lifetime, says it's slim, but that's just because I'm prepared for it. But it really is, the setup is interesting. Cause why pick it up if you aren't planning to do something big? Especially if you've brought in the whole question of viability, which goes right to the foundation of Pennsylvania or KCV Pennsylvania and Roe v. Wade. It's just curious. So I don't really I don't really know what's gonna happen, but I'm very hopeful and if if we do get the best case scenario and Roe v. Wade ends up overturned, then the decision on whether or not to allow abortion would go back to each individual state, which is where it should have remained in the first place.
0: I will say that there's a lot of people in Michigan who got involved in the pro-life movement in their 20s and 30s, um, back when Roe v. Wade was ruled, and who have been fighting all this time, who would pretty... Be pretty, pretty happy to see Roe versus Wade overturn um, for the end of their lives. So that'd be great to do that for them. You know, I'm right there with you on the cynicism, but if they, if they just wanted it to stand, they wouldn't have taken it up. Yeah. They, they would have taken it up. Um, now that doesn't mean to say that even if they are planning or intending or Brett Kavanaugh woke up this morning <laughs> feeling good. That he's not going to wake up tomorrow morning after the media inundates him with messages about how evil he is and how much he hates women and see that's the thing is uh, let's backtrack just a little bit so Roe versus Wade of course uh, legalized abortion through the first six months of pregnancy in the night in the in the last three months the last trimester they said well you can ban abortion as a state but. You have to have a health exception. And then they handed down this case that apparently still most smart people have never heard about, Doe versus Bolton, same day, January twenty second, 1973. And in that law about a Georgia abortion case, they defined health to mean all factors relevant to well-being of the patient, Emily. Well, does your well-being encompass every aspect of your life?
1: That's what they said and it
0: does. we're going to do Bill Clinton... Does all mean all?
1: Oh god <laughs> is,
0: is okay You and Clinton
1: so, I've been here.
0: So so the health exception means everything. So states can could ban abortion after nineteen seventy three in the third trimester, so long as they allow it for every single reason you can imagine. Um, a, a sleight of hand and the media did not pick up on it, or if they did, they didn't report on that, which speaking of picking up on media stories. That'll be our intro into our next segment. Um, They missed the boat, and so that's how people have had it explained to them. And then Planned Parenthood versus Casey, most people don't realize that they got rid of the trimester thing, and then they basically just said, okay, before viability, you can regulate abortion more significantly now. After viability, you can ban it, but you have to have the health exception. Um, So basically, the Supreme Court is taking up this question uh can you ban abortion before that point of viability so revisiting casey and roe in general now planned parenthood versus casey in 1992 why the pro-life movement has some of the cynicism is they were completely going to re-examine roe versus wade even though uh, pennsylvania was a uh, informed consent law parental consent it really didn't challenge roe versus wade directly but now that there was a re- new Republican majority or a thought of to be, uh, to be a conservative majority at that point, because Republicans have been very good at putting justice on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Putting justices on the Supreme Court who agree with the rule of law, however, seems to be a harder thing. And r- the speculation was Roe was going to be overturned in 1992. That didn't happen because Anthony Kennedy basically got bullied by you know you can you can believe it was people close to him or the other justices or the media or whatnot basically people have to keep in mind that these judges aren't like robots interpreting the law which i guess if you could do that that'd be great maybe
1: except then the people who never, program the robots yeah yeah interpreting the law. never really
0: thought about it that way but the problem is that, that they are human beings And they are as, or in the case of, some people would say John Roberts, more easily influenced than many human beings in terms of how their decisions and actions are perceived. So personnel is policy, and we'd like to believe the law is impartial. We'd like to believe that Lady Justice has a blindfold on. Human beings don't operate that way, though. And when you have nine human beings in charge of this abortion issue, who knows what they're going to do? So we're going to follow it. In fact, you're going to get sick of hearing us talk about Roe versus Wade and that's because the other side is not going to get sick of talking about Roe versus Wade and all the horrible things that would happen if Roe goes. And of course it doesn't really matter what the public opinion is in a sense, because constitution doesn't say anything about abortion, but Supreme court has said abortion should be legal through all nine months of pregnancy. Roe versus Wade plus Doe versus Bolton for any reason. And they have to decide this case. And so all the stuff in the media that we're going to be trading jabs with the abortion industry, it's all going to be a giant persuasion campaign over basically Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Gorsuch, maybe Amy Coney Barrett, and maybe the chief justice. Although a lot of people have already written off the chief justice as he's not going to have the guts to do it.
1: If he has the guts to do it, I will forgive him for many things.
0: He should have the guts to do it. Um, We'll see. You know, he was not put on that court to rubber stamp the greatest judicial abuse in American history over and over and over and over again.
1: He seems to think so.
0: (laughs) You know, and it's this, and we've talked about this in the podcast in a lot of different issues, this whole short-sighted, short-term thinking that, the best way to make sure the public doesn't hate us is to go with the flow. But then the public knows that the court is just going with the flow. And so instead of them doing their jobs properly and interpreting the law, it they just become another legislature and it's just a popularity contest. And Chief Justice John Roberts, when you keep succumbing to that attitude of appeasing the public rather than dealing with the law and letting the public, if they really feel strongly about something amend the constitution with the tools that they have to do that through the constitution, then public trust in your institution is going to continue dropping like a rock like it is in pretty much every other facet of society, but not life beat. Public trust, hundred percent all time high. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of public trust and the media not picking up on stories, Emily, vaccines.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Public trust level,
0: not 100%. I would... Very expect, clearly.
1: Yeah. Depends on the public you're talking to. Some will say 100% and some will say negative. So...
0: Yeah. So people have strong feelings about vaccines. And, uh, of course, Right to Life of Michigan uh, doesn't take a position. Uh, so, obviously, we get involved because certain vaccines, uh, vaccines Emily use, fetal tissue to grow the virus or whatever uh, component they are utilizing uh, in the vaccine and we don't really have an opinion on that per se because Emily most of these cell lines in uh, all the cell lines for US approved vaccines or in real current research were taken from babies aborted a long time ago so it's the balance of this evil happened a long time ago versus if we engage in this, are we encouraging further evils? And so our kind of job as an organization, of course, is to say, well, if you have an ethical objection, we're gonna make sure that you can, uh, you can do that. Now, Emily, we do acknowledge, and a lot of people, and I wanna be very careful with my language here because people tend to freak out on, in both directions on this. So uh, vaccines are generally an inactivated virus or some uh, manner of getting a part of a virus into your, into you, so your immune system reacts to it uh, in a way that you are basically giving a person the disease without them actually catching the disease. okay? There are, th- any vaccine has to have certain ingredients, you know, you have to preserve you have to have a preservative because you have to have this, this virus can't, you know totally die and, and the vaccine has to be stored and shipped and all these mechanics um, and so there are certain ingredients in vaccines right correct and when you grow a vaccine in something um, you can try to purify it but you can't ever make something hundred percent pure it's impossible to your drinking water to what you're eating uh, to the medicines you take nothing is a hundred percent pure we can get 99.99% you know uh, just as an example Um, but not 100% pure. So when you are taking a vaccine, Emily, and you have grown this vaccine in a fetal cell line, you can call it biological components. You can say they're proteins, whatever you want to call it. Parts of that cell line are in the vaccine. That's just a, a mechanical fact of life. So when you're injecting yourself with that vaccine, biological components, proteins, From the aborted baby that the cell line was grown on are being injected in you and emily the media was reporting on this issue except nobody noticed and you could say maybe it was because of the ignorance of the journalists or maybe you can say they are purposefully withholding information but they were, there's a German researcher, a, a whole team, not just one guy, but was working on trying to figure out these rare blood clots with the Astrazeneca vaccine, which is not used in the U.S. but used uh, overseas. Why are these ra- rare blood clots forming? What's the cause? And Emily, he his best hypothesis is that it is the proteins from the aborted baby. In the cell line that's used to grow the AstraZeneca, uh, the vaccine, part of the vaccine, uh, it is an adenovirus. I don't know, adeno, adenovirus. I think it's adeno. Basically a cold virus that is used to uh, take a part of the spike protein and make you sick with it so that your body reacts to it. Emily, in in all the reporting I saw, some of them mentioned human cell lines, some just kind of glossed over it, but Emily, The cell line is the HEK 293 cell line, which is the kidney cells of a baby aborted in the Netherlands in 1973. And this researcher said, this is probably what's causing these rare blood clots. Um, The Johnson and Johnson vaccine is very similar. It uses the Percy six fetal cell line, which is uh, from the eye of a baby aborted in 1985. But there's also that rare clotting issue with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. That's kind of a big news story
1: kind of huge. fetal
0: tissue, cell, the, the use of fetal tissue is causing these reactions uh, in this new type of uh, vaccine, but no one reported on it that way. Emily, nobody noticed no pro-life news outlet. Nobody talked about it. They didn't explain in the article that this was the HEK 293 cell line or do anything. It just kind of floated through like a like a big like a big comet just floats through the solar system and no one sees it.
1: It was it's odd. Weird. It was very odd. I think it's possible that so many especially pro-life news sources have been distracted with all the pro-life legislation around the country and what's going on with the Supreme Court and the this issue wasn't they weren't looking for it and the way that the articles phrased it you really had to know what they were talking about to understand that it was that cell line that the proteins were coming from that was causing the reactions.
0: Just like our next topic and our previous topic, Emily. There's just a theme in the pro-life movement. Wow. It's just how, I, I don't wanna say how uneducated people are, but how little education is done by the people who are supposed to be the experts in doing this education, be that your health teacher, or, uh, your local friendly news reporter, um, or your politician talking about the issue. Um, this is a big deal. I think it's a big headline, you know, now there's not the same issue with other vaccines that we're aware of that use fetal tissue, but both the Johnson and Johnson and the, uh, AstraZeneca vaccine, this is a, a new type of vaccine. Um, what are they, there's a term for it, but basically using the adenovirus that comes from these fetal cell lines to, um, put a part of the disease into you. So this is, this is a new type of vaccine, uh, a new method as opposed to the traditional old, we're going to take the virus and hamstring it and give you that. Um, and in both cases, these rare blood clots, so. People who have an ethical objection, um, and this is how it's really interesting because people have this ethical objection, and then the response from people who are w- whatever you want to call the a pro vaxer. You got your anti vaxxers you got your pro vaxers.
1: Never, never the titles. twain
0: shall meet. Um, but the but the but the pro vaxxers will always come back with, and this is what the uh, fact sheet uh, for informed consent for Michigan for the Johnson Johnson vaccine says is, well, these are developed using these fetal tissue cell lines, but no cells, Emily, no cells made it into the vaccine. Now,
1: the parts of the, the cells the, are, what I
0: would, as a, as a lay person, I would infer from that statement is that, oh, well, there's nothing from that, from those babies cells that make it into the vaccine. That's not true, Emily. No. As the study from the German team says, there are more than a thousand types of protein from these cells that make it into the vaccine, and we don't know which one is causing the reaction, or if it's in combination with the adenovirus or whatnot. Keep in mind, this is a, hypo- a hypothesis um, about why, uh, but it's a legitimate one. This is the story was reported in your usual science journalism outlets, um, major media outlets, even then didn't get a lot of attention, even major media, maybe because it is because a, it's more of a European story. Um, it being a vaccine, not in use in the U S the FDA has not granted it emergency use here, um, for whatever reason, but the media just glosses over it. When they're when we're trying to explain it to people, we try we tell them, oh, the cells aren't in there, but they are. So if you have an ethical objection to the vaccine, and um, and someone comes back to you and says it's not a big deal, I also get the oh, it's not the baby cells thing
1: mm-hmm. from
0: like well, <laughs> but <laughs> it's the cell line fr- that came from that kidney of that aborted baby. Yeah. Like, okay, it's been... It okay. suddenly stopped okay, being their the, cell. Okay, you used an adenovirus to modify it, but yeah, like...
1: It's still a human cell.
0: Well, That's like saying that, well, you're not the Emily Kroll from 10 years ago because all the cells in your body are different now. You're <laughs> you're <a> totally <laughs> different. You're totally different. You're not Emily Kroll anymore. You're Emily, You're the new Emily Kroll.
1: I reinvent myself every yeah, 2. day. 2.0,
0: completely different. There's no connection. <laughs> you know, just these stupid semantic word games and... It's public relations, and it's trying to give people a false impression or lead them to do what you want instead of just being honest with them and telling them the truth. So, Emily, our last topic, speaking of the truth, um, you know, when I have a romantic moment with my wife, you know, and, and I always tell myself, be still, am I beating?
1: Car- I was not expecting going to start this way. Okay,
0: so fetal pole <laughs> cardiac activity, Emily. So, um... Texas has just passed a heartbeat bill. Uh, and again, you know, in Michigan, we have our court case and we are of our old law. Um, that's why we didn't support the heartbeat bill in Michigan. Other states, they don't have that. And and so it's a different situation for them. It's a and a
1: good Texas. Yeah,
0: we're not going to go around poo-pooing Texas. No. Um, if you have a trigger law, it might not make sense to pass it. But anyway, that's for other states that's to decide. That's their thing. That's yeah. their thing. They know their legal situation better than than we do. Um, we know our legal situation here better than say people from Ohio. Yeah. Um, so Texas passed this and then the argument, of course, from the other side becomes, oh, well the unborn child, you know, it's a clump of cells. It's not really a heart. It doesn't have a heartbeat. It has fetal pole cardiac activity, Emily.
1: It looks like a heart. It has four chambers, it's biologically identical to a heart, but it's not a heart because the cells aren't in their final alignment. Oh, yeah, that
0: yeah, yeah that was one story about it, yeah. So the stu- so there's a study done on, on a fetal heart, which it, it looks exactly like an adult heart, except... Smaller. Uh, well, yeah, except on a large scale. On a small scale, the heart wall, as it happens, the cells aren't aligned in a perfect way. And the point of the study was saying that oh well that there's an arrhythmia in the baby's heart which is beating in the womb clearly you can't have a heart or you can't have an arrhythmia if you don't have a heart um, trying to say well maybe we shouldn't worry about that because the cells haven't aligned yet as they would in an animal's heart at the same stage so maybe wait and see if the arrhythmia will correct itself because uh, in an adult heart in the heart wall these cells are aligned in a very uh, organized fashion. So unless you're looking at a microscope, it looks like a heart. It beats like a heart. It's pumping blood. It's doing everything a heart does. Yep. It just has this little minor biological difference. Um, so when they talk about fetal pole cardiac activity, they say, oh, well, this early heart that the unborn child has, it's not really a heart. And another thing they point to, Emily, is, <laughs> well, it's just a tube with blood that is pulsating um
1: it's so ridiculous
0: now i will so so when the unborn child's heart does start beating
1: at about 21 days
0: it is a it is a long tube because in a in a matter of and this is amazing if you ever have a chance to um what's the alexander psorias fetal development book
1: oh um
0: birth of a the story of I don't know I can't remember but it's amazing that just in a few manner of days this tube will fold upon itself in a very organized fashion to create a and and kind of um, merge together to create the atria and the ventricles um, in a matter of days so probably still at the point before a woman might know she's pregnant or seeks an abortion the heart goes from a, a long tube. That is pulsating, pulsating. That is beating, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 folds into the atria and the ventricles. This clump of tissue, forming four precisely grown uh, biological chambers to pump exactly like it's supposed to. So, Emily, if it looks like a heart,
1: it beats that, like a heart.
0: Yeah, and it, not not every animal has a four-chambered heart, right? True. Is, that, is it not a heart? Unless it has four chambers?
1: But it does have four chambers.
0: If it's a heart, it's a heart, you know? If it beats like a heart, if it performs with a heart, it's a heart. It's a heart. So this is their comeback to try to poo-poo these heartbeat bills is, oh, well, we're going to call it by a different name and that changes what it is, you know? Which is, it's the abortion debate in a nutshell, you know? It's not a child, it's a fetus. It's a parasite
1: ridiculous it's taking
0: it's it's it has to rely on the mom it's taking nutrition for the mother you know i'm next next time a woman's breastfeeding in public you know walk up to her and say oh what a precious little parasite you have there and see how that works out for you no
1: thank you i like my teeth
0: dr phil there how's that working for you
1: i just It's just, it boggles the mind. Just take it, for example, and I might have been very sarcastic last week and made a meme about it because I'm a millennial and that's how we think, but it's essentially saying, like, a a kid breaks their arm and now their bone cells are no longer in their perfect final alignment. Is that no longer an arm? Like... (laughs) It's biologically the same. It has the same function. It has all of the same parts. And as soon as that little cell is back in alignment with all the other bone cells, it's gonna be fine. Like, are we gonna amputate the arm because it's a suspicious growth? It's ridiculous.
0: It's a. It, it really, Emily. It's not an arm. It's an all and radius of undifferentiated, uh, undifferentiated purpose. Or I don't know. We can. <laughs> we can come up with some euphemism. Yeah, we could. You know, I hate all these mealy-mouth euphemisms. You know, it's all public relations. It's all, it's all ridiculousness, you know, whether it's Supreme court cases or whether it's cells versus proteins and whether it's the unborn baby's heart, which is clearly beating and everyone accepts as a scientific fact, except when it comes to abortion and a heart magically turns into fetal pole cardiac activity.
1: We must trust science, unless science is clearly telling us that life begins at fertilization.
0: And that's, it's describing a heart. That's a heart. Cardiac activity, it's a heart. Ah, <laughs> oh, people, people, Welcome people, to people, the people. clown world. All right, and on that note, thank you for enjoying this auditory experience. Please take your calendar correct uh, timing on, on these next two solar trips around the sun, or, Okay. Just I just defined a day as a year. Yeah, you did. That's the problem with all this jargon. These all next right.
1: Rotations.
0: On that wonderful note, on this undifferentiated podcast ending. See ya.